Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome to a new week. Chuck Bonningwell, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie Trace, Truth Straight Up Show. Uh, and it's grassroots too. <laughs> okay, the Chuck and Julie grassroots. No, no, brought to you by. <laughs> brought to you by Mountain West Wellness and Chinese Advanced uh, Chinese Medicine and Acupuncture, along with Happy Trees. That's you. Poor Chuck, we've only been saying that intro for for a year. Yeah, it's well, like <laughs> you, you blew yours last Friday. So. <laughs> hey, we're hoping to get with this a uh, Perry Johnson. Um, he is a GOP gubernator, a presidential. You might have seen him ads for him and the um, Super Bowl. Yeah. Exactly. He's a, um, he's a long, long shot. But he's going to be interesting, right? And he, we got him with us right now. So, Perry, hey, welcome to the Chuck and Julie Show. Thank you for your time on this afternoon. Well, delighted to be here. So we will give you a chance to talk about your campaign a little bit. Yeah. Um, but first, I want to talk to you about this is brilliant what you're doing here, I think, and, and so much needed. Um, and I'll let you talk, explain it a little bit. But basically, you're forming a political action committee and you're putting your money where your mouth is, too. How much? <laughs> to help like a million dollars. Well, that's a lot. Um, To help people who are being persecuted, essentially, uh, by the, the weaponized Department of Justice regarding the 2020 election. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there? Well, what we have here in Michigan, I'm in Michigan right now, and we have 16 people in Michigan that are being charged with a crime. And you have to understand, these are not activists. These are merely... Right. Patriots, they are Republicans, and half of these people are on Social Security. Now, what happened is that President Trump knew that there was an issue in the event that the judges ruled that the elections were not run the way they should be run. And if that happened, he needed to have electors in place to go and vote. So these people signed on to do that, and there were attorneys that told them this is what needed to be done. It was this is not there's nothing wrong. They're doing nothing wrong. And now we have half these people are in Social Security. Some are making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, and there is no way on earth they can possibly afford to defend themselves. The attorney fees are running around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars because they have to take this to court, run it all the way through. They don't have that kind of money. No. So we're in a situation where these people are really hurting. The one lady was like 78 years old. She's crying. She's not sleeping. I mean, it's, it's a sin what went on. And in Michigan, the assistant prosecutor actually wrote a letter to Dana Nessel, the attorney general, and told them that these people committed no criminal offense. There is no reason they should be charged. And yet, Dana Nessel went ahead and charged them anyway. And so I feel that everybody is entitled to a defense. We have this weaponizing system going on in this country, which is just un-American. And I just didn't think it was right. 
So I had to stand up for him. I just couldn't stand, sit ugly by and let this go on. And I felt so bad for these people. And I commiserate with their problems because it is a problem. And they yes. meant no harm. And these are not people that are trying to do anything negative for this country. They're not insurrectionists. There's nothing like that. And here they are faced with this trauma. Yeah, well, I haven't met any of these insurrectionists anywhere. But. Right, right. Well, and so you've said to people, by the way, we, we, we're on Zoom and people are saying already, thank you, thank you, in the comment section. But so explain. Well, it's, it's, are these state charges? Uh, yes, Dana Nessel is the attorney general. Okay. Okay. Well, and so, so you set up a PAC and, and you said you will match a million dollars, right? So let's get the, the important stuff out of the way um, to help yep. pay for these people's legal defense fund. Where can people, how can people find out more information if, if they want to, if they want to help contribute Defend and help them you? Dot net. One more Defend time. Dot net. <laughs> mm. Okay. You know what? We keep talking to each other. Yeah. Say it one more time. Defend them dot net. Okay. No, no, defend them dot net. Um, well, you know, and then we talked about that issue because I'm so glad to see you and, and the people who help out do this because, you know, we've been having here in Colorado, our representative Ken Buck has been like attacking people who are saying with given the January 6th defendants. Right. Um, and he says, oh, no, everything's fine and above board, which, of course, it isn't. And what you have and then they say, well, they pled guilty. And it's like, of course, they pled guilty. Yeah. They're looking at all of this money. They don't like you said they don't have it. The system is totally weaponized against them. And once they're trapped in there, who can blame them really for just wanting to get out? And the Democrats weaponize the system so well, and the Republicans just sit back there and say, oh, well, they must have done something or they wouldn't be charged. And it's great to have people like you, I think, who say, no, we need to help them get a good defense. And- well, we watched the Whitmer kidnapping defendants. Half of them pled guilty uh, because they didn't have much choice in life. Half of them were found guilty or another third are found guilty. But at least a third of them were found not guilty. Um, so, I mean, if you have good defense, at least depending on how crooked the judges are, and they're very crooked, especially the trial judges, which take away your defenses, take what you can introduce as evidence, uh, make all the rulings for the prosecutors. Um, but at least with money behind them, they have some choice as a 78 year old grandmother, um, right. against the power well, of the I, state. I think they're going to be exonerated. I don't, I do not expect these people to end up in jail as long as they have have the ability to defend themselves. I do not expect there to be a problem. I do believe that Dana Nessel is doing this because she may have aspirations of running for governor or doing something later. She's doing it for the publicity and because when she does something like this, she gets a lot of the Democrats behind her because they love this punishing aspect. And it is a real problem in this country. We have such a great country. And Used to you be. never recognized it based no. on what's going on. No, you're well, right. And, and again, one of the reasons they do that is, is they're, they're used to nobody pushing back. And that's why it's, so, you know, and they'll have money coming from all kinds of billionaires who are happy to fund these kinds of things. Um, And, and you know, so we need. Uh, and I, I think, think it's great you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, we need to push back because one of the things they want to do is try to intimidate anyone else from yes. ever raising questions. They're like, I mean, as you said, this is not, there's no crime here. Um, And then they make up these crimes and they have these phony courts. And even if they are exonerated, 
um, in the long run. In the short run, yeah, it's ex- hell. yeah, they're put through hell and a financial hell as oh, well. Oh, you have no idea. They're not sleeping at night. Sure. No, neither would I. Have, but, uh, half of these people literally are so upset they are not sleeping. It is so distressing to them. And you realize a lot of people, they're not used to lawsuits. No. You know, no. I've been in business for a long time, and I have 81 companies and operate in 61 countries. But for me, a lawsuit is it, it's meaningless. You know, I'm, I, you're used to it. Well, not when your freedom's at stake, and not when your ability to stay out of jail's at stake. It's it's pretty yeah, stressful. and they have no idea. You know, these are people yeah. that if they get a traffic ticket, they're upset, right? So, and now now they have something like this they never dreamed of, right? What is the I mean, what is the risk? Horrendous. I was going to say, what has the response been? Have you been getting? I mean, have you just started, or how are things going? Uh, well, people are re- responsive. Some people are more responsive than others. You know, in, in America, you have all sorts of differences of opinion. Yeah. But I'd say that in general, uh, we find it's about a 75% issue. They do not think this is right. But the biggest problem you have in this country is that you have so many people that think once you're accused, you're automatically guilty. Right. And right. it's that mindset that is so devastating. Yeah. Well, and they rely on that. Uh, you know, ask you, I mean, you know, you, as you said, you've been in business a long time. You're you're running for president. I mean, can you? I've seen. I was a, a TV reporter for like thirty years, and I saw a lot of things. But at a certain level, you always used to think that, that at least it might get straightened out in court, right? But you don't think that anymore. I mean, have can, can you? Would you have ever in your your worst nightmare envisioned a, a country where the justice and the legal department have been weaponized against just everyday citizens, including the judges? No. You would think that we are actually in China or the Russia or the former Soviet Union, because this is how you expect them to act. You don't expect this to happen in the United States. Well, I, I spent some of the stuff that went on. I spent some time I mean, in Franco, Spain, as a student, and also in Tito's Yugoslavia, and even in those places, which are pretty oppressive. Um, they didn't do things like this, where just grandmothers and everyone else are being hauled before the courts and try to be destroyed. I mean, even as bad as those regimes were in some cases, um, they're not as bad as the Democrats in this country now. No, it's really reprehensible, and it's something that we have to really stop. We can't continue like this. It's just not right. You know, in my whole campaign, I was actually campaigning on the two cents to save America because my entire theme was on the economy and because I get so concerned that the government spends so much money and it's on both sides, really. We're just yeah. actually nuts. And now that we're $33 trillion in debt, it's a severe problem when you collect $3.9 trillion in taxes and notice that we're borrowing money at the rate of what I think now we're up to 5.2% percent on the two year and the 10 year as yeah. high as it is in 2008 so you're borrowing money at four and a half percent so if you have 33 trillion dollars and you're going to have to borrow at those kinds of rates think about it at five percent it would be 1.65 trillion which <laughs> is 40 percent of what we collect in taxes 
Mm. So for the first time in history, we're actually spending more on our interest payments than yeah. we are on our national defense. Yeah. Well, tell us more about your political campaign, why you decided to get in and, and how it's going. Well, I decided to get in because I love the country. I mean, I think we have the greatest country the world has ever known. We have the most upwardly mobile society ever. I mean, I'm a guy that grew up uh, in a middle-class family. My parents didn't have the money to send me to college, but I worked in the steel mill and I got through. And in grad school, I was getting eviction notices on pretty much a regular basis. But I got a job in the auto industry in the 80s with Ford Warner. And that was a time when the auto industry was in trouble. The Japanese had come in with tremendous quality and they were killing us. They had better quality, they had better cars, and uh, I thought I knew how to solve the problem. And my background is mathematics, and so I introduced statistical methods in the auto industry. And I started with the people on the line, and we monitored the variation, and I had them make the control charts. They had to do it manually back then. We didn't have computers to do all this, wow. and they did, and they ironed out the variation. And in about four or five years, we had the best quality in the world. And then I wrote a book on ISO 9000, the quality standard. I said, quality should be a way of life. Why not a standard? It took <laughs> off like hotcakes and now Perry Johnson Registrars and Perry Johnson Laboratory Accreditation. Do business in 61 countries around the world. And I've been bringing quality and efficiency to businesses and companies for the last 30 years. And now I want to bring it to the federal government because, frankly, I think the federal government is <laughs> way out of whack. And instead of spending... Every penny in their budget every year to make sure that they're broke every year so they can get more money. We have right. to change the way they do things. Yeah. Raise the budget, cut two cents out of every dollar of discretionary spending, and get people to start thinking that they have to deliver better quality and better efficiency and reward the managers that do that. They get a bonus if they achieve it. Instead of incentivizing them to spend every penny, let's have them look at bringing quality and efficiency and incentivize them to do just the opposite. And well, where do you where do you agree on policies um, that are different than Trump or the same as Trump? More more importantly, differ than Trump. Well, uh, Trump and I are the same in so many ways, but yeah. we are substantially different uh, in the sense that uh, I think I, he spent too much money. The second stimulus, I think, hurt because we increased our money supply exponentially from we had four trillion in our money supply in the year 2020 and in the middle of 21 we ended up with 20 trillion so when you end up putting an extra four and a half trillion dollars out there you cause inflation so every time people wonder why we're spending so much for our food you could thank the government and believe me we started spending too much money in the year 2000 after the year 2000 so this has been going on for 23 years and we were only 5.6 trillion in debt in the year 2000 we had a balanced <laughs> budget in 1999 and now we are 33 trillion so it's really something with both parties but, you know uh, you probably do know i sponsored rally for trump i like trump i voted for trump i'm not saying that trump didn't do a lot of things i love the wall i think we need to finish the wall i think we need to take advantage of the 20,000 agents we have there on the border and let them really enforce the laws that are on the books. We should have, you know, for the first time in history, we have more illegal immigrants than legal immigrants. And we do have that fentanyl entering our country and it's killing so many of our kids. 
I think we're losing over a hundred thousand of them to this, yeah. and it's devastating. So What's your... there are so many things that we, we we need to do. But I've always been concerned with the fact that the economy is really the backbone of any country's strength, yeah. and we have to make sure that we give that opportunity to our kids. And it's at a time in my life where I want to give something back to the country. My oldest child started school last year, started college, and I have two 14-year-olds that are now in high school, and it's time for me to give something back to this great country that has given me so much. What's your position on Ukraine and aid to Ukraine? Well, uh, we're going broke here. So, (laughs) you know, it's kind of ridiculous that we're sending, I think the number, the latest number I got, even though they're saying it's $70 billion, is $140 billion to the Ukraine, and we have no accounting for where this money's going. No. So when, Rand, when they, they submitted a bill to try to get a bill passed, Rand Paul submitted this, so that they would have to at least give us an accounting of where they're spending the money. Right. They're not giving any accounting of where they're spending the money. And then we have to have some objectives. What are we trying to achieve? You have to at least set out with some basic goals a, B, and C. Are we going to go on ad infinitum like we did in Afghanistan? And then in the end, we get $60 billion of equipment over there to the enemy. And then we let 13 of our people die there because we're not going to keep the airport. I mean, some of the stuff we do doesn't make much sense. And shouldn't we be getting Europe involved so that Europe yeah. can contribute <laughs> yeah. to what we do? Well, you're forgetting... I mean, Perry, the main point here is is to enrich the military industrial complex and then the congressmen and the senators who you know who who, who work for them basically. It's like you're missing the point or no that and that's good to hear. I, I mean, Beyond like Menendez where we can steal on the side. <laughs> it's um, what about the debate? No, I know there's a debate coming up Wednesday. Are you gonna be there or is the RNC and their goofy no, rules? No. Yeah, here's what happened with the RNC that's very interesting. Because I couldn't decide whether I should file suit or not. Because I qualified for the debate. In fact, right. not only did I qualify, I had an extra poll. And it's not, you know, because there was no question I was meeting all the requirements. Mm-hmm. But uh, they decided on Monday night at some time that they didn't want me for whatever reason. And they called me at 11.10 in the evening and said they were disqualifying a couple of my polls. They were disqualifying McLaughlin. That was a poll taken by Newsmax. And then they disqualified a victory strategic. That poll, they said they disqualified because uh, the, they did not check enough states. They had checked 38 states. Well, nobody knows how many states are checked because it's all divided by region. Right. right. So I asked, how many states did the others check? How many, how many responses came from other states? They had no idea how many states the other pollsters ended up getting responses from, but they just arbitrarily excluded it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's they don't want me on that stage. No. I'm the last guy they want on the stage. I'm an outsider. I'm funding my own campaign. I'm not beholden to anyone. And let's face it, I'm the guy that wants to shrink Washington. Well, yeah. yeah, that's never a problem. That's not a problem. And we're, we're talking to some people have asked, we're, 
We're talking with Perry Johnson. He's a Michigan businessman um, running for president. Uh, but at the, if you, some of the folks that are just joining us, if you miss the beginning, he's also launched this wonderful effort, I think, and you're to be commended for this, um, to a, a political action committee to raise money to defend some of the innocent citizens who are the, the Justice Department and, and the state legal systems have been weaponized against these people for uh, you know some of the things they did in 2020 at, regarding the election. None None of which were illegal, none of them which were a crime, but that, you know, the Justice Department doesn't care anymore. If you want to contribute to uh, which he's matching, uh, go to defendthem.com, defendthem.com. Well, let me, so what, so how do you... Uh, well, How do you I mean, break through when you don't get to be on the debates? And... I mean, you know, we see these polls. Uh, it's, it's very difficult. We're having a strategy. I think what I have to do is park myself in Iowa and just literally work Iowa with retail politics because mm-hmm. it's the very first of the state right. and just live there. Uh, <laughs> that's probably what I have to do to try to break through because if you're not on the debate stage, you really yeah. have very little chance to ever get national momentum. Right. They don't get to know you, particularly right. when you're an outsider. In fact, I had spent my entire life trying to be invisible except in my business <laughs> because Anytime you're visible, they come at you. Yeah, you aren't kidding. You aren't kidding. Look at we know that one. Right? I wouldn't let my kids on Facebook. I no. wouldn't let anything happen. And now here I am running for office. <laughs> well, Perry, listen, I, I want to let you go here. Where can people, because I mean, we've had several comments. You're impressing people. Where can people find out more about you um, and, you know, follow see, your campaign? Yeah, find, Actually, I think they'll like it. Go to PerryJohnson.com. In fact, I have a reality series that I did on what it's like to run for president. And they can actually <laughs> see some of those episodes. All right. There is nothing like it. And until you actually run for president, you have no idea what really goes on in politics. When I, I tell you, it, it is. We live in a corrupt era, no matter where you turn. And you never realize how bad it really is until you get in the middle of it all. That's true. I mean, think of it is the craziest thing. And here we have this great country. I was taught from the time I was born that we have the greatest country the world has ever known. And in America, you can be anything. And that is true. But I want everybody to recognize there is only one America. All when right. it's gone, it's gone. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. right. Thank you very much for coming on. You've been a great guest, and the best of luck on your campaign. Well, thank you, and enjoy life. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I mean, to folks, some of the folks who joined us again, that's Perry Johnson. Um, you might have seen yeah, him. Yeah. He has ads on TV. I think he ran some ads in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know what? he's doing too though is and i commend him for this um not only he's sort of using the campaign or the platform that he has as a president as a presidential candidate right. also they'll launch this financial campaign to help pay for some of these folks in michigan um who are being railroaded by the justice department there and you know you'd hope that you look at all the january 6th AG's people office, yeah the, the ag's office but you, you'd look i mean the same thing has happened into the january 6th defendants yeah, and again yeah, just one yeah. more is Mac, smack on Ken Buck, rather than telling us how fine everything is, you'd think somebody like him could be leading the effort to maybe raise some money. I mean, because here's the thing. So these people are being, if you're, if you can't afford an attorney, so you're being prosecuted by a corrupt 
um, prosecutor. Right. So the only option you have for defense is the public defender's office, yes. right? Which is the same. It's the other arm of the government, right? And, and, and they're almost all Democrats. Right. They're all Democrats. And not only that, but they're not going to rock the boat, right? Mm-hmm. They've all seen, they've seen what's happened to the Trump people who've tried to defend them or right. they try to get him disbarred. Look at John Eastman's whole thing is still right. going on. People try, they're trying to disbar him. So if you're a public defender, you think you're going to go against the, this is the swamp. No, you're not. You're going to be like, look, I, just plead guilty, just right? Guilty. Just plead guilty. Serve fact, your time. Yeah. Do your time. You did the crime. You're like, and in fact, you could say, well, I'm not even going to meet with you, the client. I'm just going to plead guilty for you because yes, right. of all of that. So, so anyway, so well, good for him. Well, you know, speaking of then, the the federal deficit. Um, it's been interesting watching the. Then it's not really the Freedom Caucus, is it? It's just some. Matt Gates is not the Freedom Caucus. Right. It's mostly the Freedom Caucus, but Matt Gates is not part of the Freedom. But this Caucus. kind of interplay. Um, bet- it's not even the right word. It's this this uh, um, uprising, a rebellion again by some of the America First congressional representatives against Kevin McCarthy. And once again, we're going through this whole. You know, in the media on. Both sides are like, oh, we can't shut down the government. It's like, sure, we can. We've done shows on this. I mean, every time we come up to this, they shut down the government. No one notices anything any different, except for they try to make it painful. Well, yeah, they, they won't give you your Social Security check. Right. They, 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 they passport up as close as even right. more than it's, it ever does. And uh, time, nothing actually really changes. And the, the armed IRS agents probably continue to do their job. Yeah. And, and so I don't know why the media jump up and down. Well, I do, because they want every Everybody wants to have this one giant bill where everyone can put their, you know, their little pork into it, right? Well, they don't get to. See, that's the whole thing. When a big omnibus bill comes comes down, the speaker controls it, or in the Senate, it's the president. And so you get to have all the ones you want in there, in mean, there uh, and all the other all the other representatives don't get to do anything because they just sit on the sideline and they get to vote yes or no. But the big question here is, um the speaker is trying to do a continuing resolution which is how the government has now worked for for 20 years this endless continuous resolutions where nothing ever changes just the monetary amount increases right um one of the things that the freedom caucus and others did was it said no we're going to have individual bills right and so once those bills pass uh, the government will stay open at least those for the agencies that have gotten funded um, and that was part of the reform that the Freedom Caucus and others and wanted. And that's what he promised, right? Well, that's what he promised. And now McCarthy. all of a sudden, you, you get, you're here at the last week. They say, oh, well, we don't have time to do all yeah, that. And it's right. like, oh, wait, it's a surprise mm-hmm. that this date was coming. So it's been pretty interesting watching Matt Gates, And it's also been interesting watching him. You know, I mean, I'll give some credit to Maria Bartiromo, who was like, hmm, maybe he has a point. So, Thomas, if we could, this is Matt Gates and Maria Bartiromo on Sunday. If we could please play the Gates soundbite. Don't put our pencils down in the investigation of President Biden during a shutdown. So the premise is false. Second, if Kevin McCarthy was actually serious about pursuing the Bidens, he would have sent Hunter Biden a subpoena by now. That's how you know this is sort of failure theater that you're observing. During the first year of Democrat control of the Congress, they brought in Donald Trump Jr. three times over nothing. 
over a nothing burger. And so we seem to be fundamentally unserious in our oversight. But what is serious is the fact that we are spending more than $7 trillion a year, bringing in around $5 trillion a year. And uh, it, I want to fund the government. I'm not pro-shutdown. But the way to fund the government is not the same way we've been doing it since the mid-90s, where it's one up or down vote on the entire government all at once. We should have separate, single-subject spending bills. Kevin McCarthy promised that in January. He is in breach of that promise. So I'm not here to hold the government hostage. I'm here to hold Kevin McCarthy to his word. Well, and I mean, and that's been part of the thing that they have been saying, right? The Kevin McCarthy, I mean, they, they they held out. There was a big, the big fight, right? And then he promised all of these things of which, I mean, he's done very few. And I mean, that's great. And I mean, it's good. We have the committees looking into the, you well, know. Well, he answered that, you know, Bartolome said we did the web station committee, the Chinese right. committee, the other one. He says, that's great, but all you do, I mean, I can have Merrick Garland before us and I can yell and scream at him. And he just he just smiles and he goes back and he's fully funded. Uh, it doesn't do you any good unless you do something. He said, you know, right. this is process. Now we need to have real action. Um, and uh, the, the reaction people got, I mean, I think... <laughs> We just want to have workers, exactly. Well, well Dan Bishop of, of North Carolina represented said that's the best interview I've ever seen. Right. Um, and I think a lot of other people, he just made it so crystal clear, so well articulated and so responsive uh, that Maria got kind of like, whoa, I'm getting killed. I'm getting killed. Well, I've changed my mind. Well, exactly. So that's what I'm going to play next. And I give her credit. Now, my guess is that she got hammered in some of the social media comments and things like that. Did. But on the other hand, I get to give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Well, at least she did it. At least at least that, that maybe she listened, right? Maybe right. she said, oh, wait, maybe I'm falling victim to the narrative, yeah, right? right? Rather than actually thinking about things. And then she started tweeting things out like, you know what? I've been listening to what they've said. And um, this morning she came on and basically said, you know what? I changed my mind. I mean, you know, I, I think they have a point here. So if we could please play the Maria soundbite. They said we should have separate single subject spending bills. McCarthy is also pushing to get individual subject bills through, through. But collectively, those bills add up to the same spending number that we were spending at the top of the COVID emergency. Matt Gates is pushing for individual bills to come in with a cut in spending year over year. The way to fix this is to give all of those bills a major haircut. The problem is we knew this day was coming. Why weren't these bills done before this week? I still questioned why Republicans can't get on the same page. Why move to a government shutdown and attack the Speaker of the House, blow up the House effectively, undermining the work that they've already done? But Congressman Gates came back saying we can't govern the way we have in the past. We are spending $7 trillion a year, but we're taking in just $5 trillion. The spending must be cut. He also questioned how serious Republicans are about investigating Joe Biden, when in fact we still have yet to see a subpoena of Hunter Biden. Good point. I'm very proud of the interviews conducted this Sunday. I posed the right questions, tough questions, to Matt Gates, who took on those questions and answered them with practical ideas. He did well, as did my other guests, Jim Jordan, Mark Levin, Mike Lee, and Larry Elder. My priority was to give Matt Gates a fair shot. He's calling for action from Speaker McCarthy. He didn't seem to care if the government shut down or not. After all, this is the government, by the way, who gave the IRS bullets, and the government which has been weaponized against American citizens. Governments shut down all the time. In fact, Mark Levin told me that in the eight years that he worked for the Reagan administration, the government shut down six times. So what? Exactly. Well, let me ask <laughs> you, you know? a question, Julia, as, as a longtime TV reporter right. uh, and a person who's been on camera 
Why did she have those reflective glasses? I that too. You know, I think she was up early this morning. I don't know. She wasn't. She was not looking as polished as she did. Oh, but the, the glasses—they're all you know—the lights are shining into them. She didn't have time. She didn't have time to. She didn't have time to put her, her t- context in. Uh, you know, I, I think though, I'm glad as Matt Gates was also tweeting. It's like, hey, look, we're changing her mind. We can change others. I want to get a couple of the comments first from Charlene. I want to give kudos to her. She gave money to John Eastman. Yay, Yay Charlene! Because like, you know, we know John Eastman. And, and that's just say he's not a billionaire by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then also from Charlene, Congress is lost to the people. McCarthy is carrying the World Economic Forum Davos agenda. Gates is fabulous. Fair, um, Fair yeah. theater laugh out uh-huh. loud. <laughs> Leo says government shutdown. How about we find all of those missing? Or how would we find all of the missing F-35s? Right, which I still don't buy. The pilot is, like, first they said he was ejecting due to weather. Then he is called it a mishap. Do? Hey! The weather's not good here. Still Hope this jet doesn't hit a you know major subdivision or or land in downtown Atlanta. I mean, wow. There's there's something. Um, the, and from Dr. Donna, the government is making out better than Barney Fife as he only carries one bullet. Well, you know, they have a point. It's like you know, trim the budget. Um, at, at a certain point, because here's what's going to happen. Let's just say, so we're, we're, we're spending $7 trillion, we're bringing in $5 trillion. Right. So that's $2 trillion by my math. And pretty soon they're going to look around and go, where can we get more money? Chuck and Julie, Charlene, Dr. Donna, Leo. I mean, you know. Barney. Barney. Yeah, they're going to say that, Barney. Hey. <laughs> that's yes, where they're going to go. Barney. Go ahead, chime on in, Barney. <laughs> hey. Can we talk about your ass clown friend for one second? And then I'll say something what, about Which Maria. of our many ass clown friends? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, not Peter. Uh, we're talking about uh, George. George Rockler. George. So okay. I can't remember when I listened to George. It may have been, he used to be on KOA and he didn't sound like he does now. But, you know, the problem with guys like George is, George, we can smell you guys now, just like Ken Buck. We used to cover it up. We used to blow over it. We smell you a mile away. You stink to high heaven. You obviously don't change your underwear. You, he's bitching about this case in uh, Adams County when, and I'm, I'm just a dummy truck driver here, uh, Chuck, but I think that you're pretty hard pressed to get a, a prosecutor to go against the cops. So you pretty much have to get either a retired prosecutor or I don't know, somebody from Timbuktu because that's a one hell of a i mean think about it you've got a, a da that's going to go against the cops and prosecute them it it just makes for you know cops already have their thin blue line and oh no nobody can say nothing bad about a cop well the da's are the same way brockler won't by the way i would say to brockler why don't we get alex hunter out here Maybe he could prosecute this. I don't even case. know if he's around. Would you? He's, what wait, a no, what freaking ass he, clown! What, what wait, just a minute, Maria? Are you talking about? Are you talking about the Elijah McClain case? No, no, yeah, Elijah McClain case. So we could get Alex Hunter, you know, right. to, to prosecute it. But look, at Brockler will not admit that there are scummy prosecutors out there, and, and there are. They're they're all over the oh, place, yeah. but. They and Ken Buck. I guess we can't say nothing about Ken Buck because he was a great prosecutor. I don't know. That's. <laughs> The, look, your friend is an ass con. He's a hack. And that's worse than being just, you know, whatever. Being a hack is worse, especially in that kind of position. But talking about Maria, Maria probably got her lights punched out by the Fox executives. Um, she's probably going to be by the wayside of. Uh, yeah, Tucker Carlson. Probably join Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Matt Gates, And, you know, Mark Levin would prefer to 
uh, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise's mental midgets. They really are. They're they're the worst. They're the scummiest of all. And w- what is the big deal with with you know you know George W. When he started, oh, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna just go along with it so they can you know so they have nothing to bitch about. Well, thanks George W. You yes. started the Republicans on steroids, and it's it's nonstop. But by the way, I guess. I think these politicians figure, okay, if I've got a hundred million dollars in the bank and we destroy the dollar with all our spending, I'll still have one million. So I'll still oh. be in good shape. Is that what they're thinking? Well, because, that's why they want to they want to get even more, right? Because they realize oh, we're destroying right. the economy, so I better get even more. Senator money. Menendez couldn't didn't have enough pockets to shove the dollar bills in, in so and, and, and the gold bars. Don't well, that shows where his bar. confidence is. Yeah. All right, hey, Bernie, listen, thank you for calling in. All right. Thank you for calling. I think he was talking, George had written a, a, a column um, criticizing the state for having some outside prosecutor in, in the Elijah McCain case. But I think it, it, that's, and I haven't, to be honest, I haven't followed that very much um, either. There's so many things to follow anymore. But, on the, you know, I think, what do you think is going to happen? Is McCarthy going to, I don't want to say cave, because I would say it's not caving, it's do the right thing, right? So far, what we've seen and what they're pointing out is, you know, so why have we not subpoenaed Hunter Biden? For that matter, why haven't they subpoenaed Joe Biden? Why haven't they subpoenaed Jill Biden, Biden's brother? There's there's a billion Biden family members who've been making money off of this thing. Bring in just one of them, you know? Right. And it said, nope, nope, nope. They, I need, you know. And, We're waiting for the right time. We're waiting for the right time. And then in the meanwhile, the Justice Department keeps doing the dance around him saying, well, he can't talk because you know we've got all these charges pending investigation pending investigation so um you know just do and this one seems to be to be like a no-brainer go ahead and try to actually trim the budget let's go ahead and actually take all the money out for the irs agents let's go ahead and actually defund some of the weaponized prosecutions of donald trump and well you'll find out because you know starting today um they've got five days in order to pass four major budget bills um, the more budget bills they pass, the more pressure they put on the Senate to to approve them or not approve them, and so then all of a sudden, oh, let's uh, make it the Senate. Let's make it Mitch McConnell's fault, yes, and Chuck yes. Schumer's fault. That's what they should yes. do. Is just um, it, it, that's to put it all in there with the last day, and then make it the Senate's fault. Well, you know. Uh, it is. It, I think it goes back to something that Perry Johnson, our guest, was saying. It's like you have no idea how corrupt things are until yeah. until you actually start running for president. And then you're like, holy cow! Who, you can get an idea. Though. You can. Well, yeah, you can see. You can get an idea. Well, speaking of it, though, because this is not even. It's not Party Friday, but we wanted to have good news Monday. Good news Monday. It's kind of fun watching um, all of the liberal media people freak out over the um, polling trends. So for the ABC Washington Post poll came out. Number one, it showed that people basically hated Joe Biden for just about everything. everything. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, enough economy, Ukraine, age, doesn't it doesn't matter. The border, they don't like him at all. But even more scary to these people was that Donald Trump in the Washington Post um, ABC poll is beating, just in general, Joe Biden by 10 points. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. That's above margins of error. Um, well, and, well, and among well. independents, um, he's beating Joe Biden by 13 percent. And while it's an outlier poll, which they constantly say, um, 
Harvard Harris X poll today came out and it showed Trump with a five point lead. Right. Um, so the NBC showed him kind of even, even just a little bit even. So the polls are clearly going the wrong way. And so I just wanted to play just for fun. Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe telling us what a nothing burger this is. If we could please play the M. Yeah, really. If we could please play the MSNBC soundbite. When I see a poll like this, the nine point poll, I saw it and I literally started laughing out loud. I did too. Put it down. I did too. And like went out and, and had my Sunday morning walk it, because it's a joke, but it continues. Yeah. That was exactly the proper reaction. I felt the same way. Okay. Yeah. Now they did that at the end of their nine minute segment on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a joke. All these polls, just outliers. And then they, they kind of though were forced to go through the poll and then point by point explain why we don't need to worry about that. Don't you? But you could just tell in watching them, they were frazzled, I yeah, think, don't you yeah, think? Yeah. They were kind of like freaking out over this. Um, and, and here, I mean, everything they're doing, guys, is not working. Every time they charge Trump, people support him, right? And not just stupid maggot people, but you've got increasing numbers of black, people, Latinos, Latinos, uh, yeah, exactly. transgender like, people. Pretty soon, all of these immigrants they're bringing in are going to be Trump supporters. And yeah, then they're well, going like, well, sure. to start deporting them. You can guarantee that for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, because they're ignoring the main thing. They're telling people that the economy is fine. They're telling people they better Best get another. Best economy ever, in case right. you didn't notice it. They bet they're telling people that, you know, that, that COVID is bad, so you got to get into the vaccine. Then meanwhile, we find out that they're actually bribing CIA people yeah. to tell us that, that yeah. to lie yeah. about the origins. I mean, there's like, you know, like. The Barney CIA said, is bribing its own analysts. Right. Like Barney said, there you go. smell it now. And they don't get, that's why they support Trump. And the trouble is, is they can't change. They have no principles. So they can't turn around and say, I know, maybe, maybe we should say that criminals should be put in jail Mm -hmm. or or prison as opposed to letting go free. Right. You've got like the Democrat mayors now are screaming, you know, the sanctuary city mayors are screaming about that. Um, And and the pictures are so outrageous that people can't ignore them. Right. You see that constantly. And and, well, another one, we don't have video for it, but the mayor of Dallas, Texas, um, who's been a longtime Democrat, switched over to the Republican Party, which is shocking because Dallas is yeah. a very um, blue city. Uh, the mayor of Fort Worth is also a Republican. But they're going, oh, he's a bum anyway. We care. It's a joke. I, I went out and had my Sunday money walk. What a joke. It's got to be alarming to them. Well, it is. You could see when you watch the demeanor of the MSNBC people, yes, they were yes. kind of like freaking out while they're telling us that there's this is it's a I literally laughed. I'm like, I bet you didn't literally laugh. <laughs> you know, I bet you didn't. And then walked out for your Sunday morning walk in some crime ridden city, right. right? That there you were, you know, you had to worry about being mugged every time you took a step. No, I, it's the country is falling apart around Joe Biden and the Democrats. Um, people are mad. Um, you know, you notice the whole COVID stuff went away. They tried to make it a thing. And then all the talk oh, about that went away pretty quickly. Oh, you're not put mass on Instead, not only does Trump not refuse, not go away, he keeps getting stronger and stronger. Um, and the economy is going to get worse. I mean, I don't know if you've seen about gas Ukraine prices lately. Ukraine is going to get worse. Exactly. And, you know, this raises a question then. I think, let me get your thoughts on this. And you guys, too, if you want to chime in. So the guy at the conservative treehouse, who he is like you, he's like, oh, he's right. Um, he is saying that he thinks what's going to happen is that the Democrats do not want to have a bloody primary. Right. So what no. but but it's becoming increasingly clear that even 
given the amount of election fraud that we know occurred the time before and is going to occur now, the gap is getting too big Mm -hmm. and they they can't find enough votes to actually beat Trump this time, he says. And it would be so obvious, right? Because they have to go to key places. It would be so obvious that, that they couldn't do that. Um, so what they need to do is find somebody who gets them back within the margin of abuse that would work, right. the margin of fraud that would work, right? So he predicts in order to avoid a primary, which they don't want, um, that that Joe Biden will go in. No one will actually challenge him. But then at the convention or right before the convention, he'll say, oh, you know, I got this doctor's note or oh, Jill, I, you know, I need to go spend time with my family or something like that. He'll step down and then there will be an heir designated who will arise. What do you think? Well, I think it's the cleanest way of doing it. Either have Michelle Obama, Gretchen Whitmer, or the more likely candidate, Gavin, Gavin Newsom. But you're going to have to see some polls coming out, which will now do saying Gavin Newsom would beat uh, Trump by 10 points. Right, right. Well, because the problem they have is not just Trump, but Nikki. I mean, everybody beats Trump, right? Perry Johnson, or not Trump, beats Biden. Perry Johnson, Perry Johnson probably yes, beats, yes. Beats, Go Joe, beats Joe Biden. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't think Michelle Obama is going to run. I don't think, I used to think Joe Biden was going to be the candidate, but he is becoming too unpopular um, and that they ha- they're going to have to get rid of him. Now, it won't change anything. You know, the Democrats will still try to do what they do. Um, but, you know, so the candidate, however, the, the president will still, I think, be just a puppet and they're trying to ram through all of their policies. But it is kind of interesting watching. Um, and again, nobody, even the Republicans, the, the establishment Republicans, you know, Dick Wadhams, I'm sure, would turn around and say, oh, Donald Trump, nobody would ever vote for Donald Trump. Right. But but Donald Trump is now in the polls, at least some beating Joe Biden. Right. I think that actually happened last time was 1940 you know, when the Republicans they went into their convention, then they became this huge groundswell for God. What was his name? I'll think of it. Um, who became their their nominee? He was a kind of a almost a semi Democrat, uh, but he just took over the whole convention. Once the convention ended, we said, "Well, this guy sucks." But um, it, it happened there, so it could happen now. It's what happened with Joe Biden, right? Remember before Elizabeth well, Warren, yeah. Bernie Sanders were kind of starting to become more and more popular. So the establishment Democrats said, well, we can't have them in, right? Yeah. So then they made all of them drop out. There was literally like a giant back, you know, back office meeting. And they- Wendell all- Wilkie. Wendell Wilkie, okay. Wendell and, they, Wilkie. and they said that, you know, Joe Biden's going to be our nominee. But I think the trouble is, is the cognitive issues alone. And then you throw that in with the economy. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Democrats handle it. Well, then that turns me to something else I wanted to briefly talk about. And that is um, Sean Hannity. <laughs> Sean Hannity is going to carry the debate yeah. between Gavin Newsom Ooh. and Ron DeSantis. That should be exciting. So you're kind of like, so wait a minute. So two people, one of whom right now is not running for president, one of whom is but no one likes, so they're going to debate. I mean, what the frick? Huge ratings. Huge ratings. What are they going to debate, right? It's like if you're Rupert Murdoch, you're like, he's trying to kidnap Trump. He's trying to do anything he can, which kind of tells you that you got to think, I guess, from the Billionaire Boys Club, you know, Charlene, your World Economic Forum, Davos guys, Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis, pretty much the same thing. Otherwise, they wouldn't let yeah, him debate, right? right? right Otherwise, right. they wouldn't be debating on Fox. They're doing this so everybody likes both of them. And if you're the billionaires club, it's kind of like six of one, half dozen of another. You, you don't know, care. There's a really good article um, by Howie Carr um, that you can find on Real Clear Politics who describes Rupert Murdoch and who he really is. Um, 
And he's kind of praising Rupert. He just says, no, Rupert doesn't. He's not a right-wing ideologue. He's a, he's a Murdoch <laughs> ideologue. <laughs> and he'll just do whatever makes him millions of dollars. Um, but it's really well done saying, you know, I, I, I trust uh, whatever Murdoch says to an extent. It <laughs> <laughs> would be good for Rupert Murdoch, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, what ridiculous debate. That's going to be November 30th. And in the meantime, there's another, the presidential debate is for the GOP debate is coming up on Wednesday. I don't know if you're those guys campaign, what you're seeing, I think if we, even according to Politico is you're seeing all of the billionaires and the big donors anymore are, are, are holding their onto their money, right? They're like, I'm not, there's no point in giving it to Nikki Haley, no point in giving it to Ron, Ken Griffith, even right. He's yeah, Griffin, he, yeah. Griffin is kind of holding onto his money. Um, and so I think what they want to do is see some good, the, the, all the billionaires who pretend to be conservatives, right? They just want to have somebody on the Democrat side who can defeat um, Trump, right, right? right? I mean, and again, when you look at, it's interesting, just, it's interesting because we don't really know how much they're able to ballot harvest and stuff, you know, to, to, to rig the election, basically. Um, but I think when you're ta- starting to talk 10 points, that starts to become a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you, have, you have to have like giant semi loads of ballots come out. I had that last and, time. And, well, yeah, I know, but a bunch of them, more than one. So that becomes kind of noticeable. So we'll see on that. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think will Biden drop out before? Will he no. do that? Do you think he'll be the nominee? Uh, well, in, in some sense, they can't kick him out because as long as as long as he wants it, there's not going to be able to kick him out. How they get him kicked out, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's the point. You're right. That's assuming that Biden would go along with their plan, right? Yeah. And we know Dr. Jill; she is not no, she's quite happy. <laughs> and Kamala Harris is just kind of like, pick me, pick me, and everyone's what like, about me, everybody? Yeah, no, Kamala, no, uh, no. Right. So you're right, and they've got to be Biden loyalists, right? Who also are sticking up. I mean, somebody's oh. running, you know. So well, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Meanwhile, I don't know. I just kind of think. And, you know, go to the local watch parties, because I think that helps fund some of the counties. But it's like, why would anyone watch these people? I I mean, even after the last debate, some of them kind of got a bump, but Trump stayed up high and kept going higher. Right. Right. And I guess I could turn around and try to indict him again on something else. But that doesn't (laughs) seem to work very well. Right. They can try to what did he say? Here's the trap they're setting him. They're issuing now these more are these um, gag gag orders saying he can't say anything. So what they're going to try to do there, read my lips, what they're going to do there is Trump's going to say something. It doesn't even matter what. And now they're going to say, well, he's in contempt of court for saying that. So they'll I don't think they'll do them any good, though. No, that won't matter anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. people already get that they're censoring everything, right. Right? right? Nobody particularly cares about Russell Brand, right? David Portnoy and the Barstool thing didn't lose a single sponsor over the fake news attempt well, to discredit you, him. Uh, Russell Brand has. And okay. and we're going to, because we had it done to us, um, what they do, and they go to all your advertisers and everything else, and it's very effective. Mm-hmm. So I think on Wednesday we'll go, uh, what it's really like to be canceled and watch all the advertisers turn on you and everything else. It's a, it's a fun experience. Uh, <laughs> they don't really wish on anybody else, but it's few people. Guess is Russell Brand in the end would kind of like Tucker Carlson. I mean, here's the thing that you got to be, that's why we are so grateful to bbsradio.com, right? You need to find and, and rumble platforms right, that, that right. are not susceptible yeah. to that. 
right? Yeah. Um, because yeah. we've seen what happened with Bud Light. We've seen what happened with Targets. Consumers aren't responsive to no. it. Consumers no. go the other way around. But you've got these big advertisers that, you know, that go with the woke stuff. So right. just, wait, let me just ask one. Oh, well, and Wednesday, we've got Brian Jundep. Whoops, coming great. on. Yeah, he's got it. Um, he talks about impeachment. He talks about masks. He's talking about COVID. He's got columns up all over the place. Um, so we'll have him. We'll talk about that. And also, we do need big opt-out vote coming for the- um, Oh, we'll certainly get into that. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's it. Happy Monday to everybody. We'll see you all on Wednesday.